And you have turned into the tuned into the first episode of the Birdies Bourbon and Basketball Podcast. I am Brian Emmons, and with us is our good friends, Mr. Blake Burkhart. And the third B in this situation, Chris Brothers. Welcome, guys. This podcast started of us uh, on text, yelling and screaming at each other via typing and saying what we liked and what we didn't like. And we're like, what the hell? Let's just start a podcast. And then now a whole network is growing out of it. So I thank you guys for for helping with the ideas and, and running with this. We're ready to go with episode one. You guys ready? Certainly. Let's yeah. go. Well, I would say let's start. Uh, we've talked about with all of our interviews that we'll have when we have sports figures from around Davis County and the surrounding areas. We'll end those interviews with your favorite golf memory, your favorite bourbon, or something near bourbon, and your favorite basketball memory. So let's just start there. Blake, favorite golf memory. I will have to go with when my dad got his hole-in-one on number eight at Quail Crossing in Boonville. Uh, it's not so much about the shot or really anything. It's more of what happened afterwards. So the hole was like a straight downhill, so he doesn't even see the thing go in, which is not a shock because half the time he doesn't know where his ball's at anyway, even like in the league. This is the great Bill Burkhart. It's, it's usually left or right, right? The great Bill Charles Barkley Burkhart. So, you know, we celebrate a little bit, and then we get to the next hole, number nine, and he hits his ball, crushes it, but he shouldn't have really gone straight. It was straight into the woods. We're like, well, at least that wasn't, you know, you're holding one ball. He's like, oh, it was. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Shocking. I'm like, we're all just, it was me and Troy Pride and, one other person, we're like, are, are you serious? You just hit your hole? Knocked his hole in one ball. Well, yeah, what am I supposed to do? Keep it? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we make fun of him for that for the rest of the hole. Is that the only one he's... Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the only one he's ever had. Shocking yeah. with that swing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He'll want, he'll want that top flight back. There you go. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. So then we get to the uh, pro shop for after nine holes. We were each going to get a drink, and we said, hey, you got to buy. He's like... Why the hell do I got to buy? Uh, that's the protocol, which, again, I don't really agree with it, but, hey, I'm going to take a free drink wherever I can get it, as there you both you. know. Yeah. And he's like, well, that's the stupidest bleeping thing ever. Sorry. So we got our, you know, we got our free booze, and then he pretty much sucked the rest of the round because he was pissed. So it was great. I always kind of feel like everybody should buy you a drink. If th- you make that's the way I thought. Yeah. Yeah, I I tell you, I've always said I'm never going to have a hole-in-one in a KFC scramble like Tom Tucker did a couple years ago. What yeah. did he have to buy, like 90? <laughs> Didn't, what did he, well, he won a skin that time. Well, yeah. that's true. And all the money went towards that, I yeah. believe. Yeah. Spent all his money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, scrambles would never be a good time to do that. That serves him right. Nope. <laughs> what about you, my man, Mr. I, Chris Brothers? I actually, the favorite golf memory I have a hole-in-one as well. Um, par three. Buffalo Creek Golf Course. Your simulator doesn't count, Chris. Uh, well, I don't have one there either. I'm not even close <laughs> on that. Um, par three, Buffalo Creek, Palmetto, Florida, with probably an orange top flight at the time myself. Nice. Um, yeah. Um, the pin was sitting in a bowl, and just it was about 130 some yards, number three, and yeah. it just it went in and 
the nice thing about it was there was uh we were already backed up it was the third hole of the day and we were already backed up and people behind us had come up on us and they saw it go in as well so uh, so that's awesome yeah. it's pretty neat well cool speaking of congrats to uh, marv graber at country oaks made a hole in one this week that's his third one of his career and all on number eight at country oaks so good job marv on that good job congratulations huh? yeah Congrats. absolutely um i gotta you know i think mine would probably be my i think it was last year um i don't know if sam my son was 14 or 15 but he made one i was not with him so that would maybe qualify but so of i've never had one so i've got to go um i was managing the country club in lawrenceville illinois back in the early 2000s and uh, we were doing a fundraiser for Parkinson's disease, and we played 100 holes of golf. And we started right at, right at the crack of dawn and played till dusk, basically, to get our 100 holes in. But I actually, the uh, number two at Lawrenceville, par five, I actually eagled that on my 100th hole of the day. So finished the day, uh, finished the day strong there. Um, is, that, is that during one of the longest sun of, longest days of the you, sun? You know, it, it actually, we had to hurry. It was... I'm going to say maybe September. So, but we, we had to, we had to get it to get a yeah. hundred holes in. And, uh, and it was nice. There was a group of ladies that, you know, hated nothing against female golfers. My wife golfs. I love it. I think everybody should enjoy the greatest game in the world. However, these group of ladies are the kind of people at the club that hate everything except, you know, the Tuesday morning ladies. Well, anyway, they never, ever ever played on a friday and guess what friday they decided to play and play you know so as we're circling this nine hole course like a merry-go-round you know we had to pass them a couple of times and later in the day they wouldn't let us go through so we just ended up jumping a couple of holes it was silly but uh anyway my soapbox on that i would have a a second favorite as well what's up and i went to medina a few years back for the Ryder cup oh nice and so that is an experience that everybody should go yeah. see is the Ryder Cup. I, I, I saw Medina. I've never been to the Ryder Cup. I was in Medina, the PGA Championship, when Tiger and Sergio were, were battling when Sergio was a young kid. Um, but I've never been to a Ryder Cup. And, and um, my buddy Bill Rickey was a volunteer at Valhalla that year. And I, w I just kicked myself in the butt for not going down there and doing that. And, you know, I think you worked – few shifts, you know, and then you were, you were in. So I, I, I and that was a good one to be at for uh, sure. Blake, you're going to have a memorable tournament here shortly, aren't you? In hopefully, November. Hopefully, hopefully the Masters thing works out, but we were just talking about the Ryder Cup and they've been talking about not having any fans there. So. Oh, the azaleas will be blooming in Augusta. Nobody will be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be, it'll be something to see. That's for sure. Yeah. So, um, Blake is not a bourbon drinker, but, uh, you are, you're, well, you're a mild drinker. What do you, what do you throw back when it's time, Blake? Usually Captain Morgan. Yeah. Yeah. That or Bud Light. And I know Chris is probably thinking, yeah, well, after one or two, I'm done, which is pretty much correct. Yeah, so yeah, that's fine. I wish I, one or two, that was it. Yeah, yeah, I wish I would do one or two an hour at some time. <laughs> I've got a really good uh, start switch. I have a really bad uh, off switch. Same, so. same. <laughs> what about you, uh, bourbon-wise, my man, Mr. Brothers? Uh, I'm currently on a – I mean, I really do like it. Uh, a friend of mine down in Louisville area got me turned on to it. Uh, 1792. Um, it's made down in Bardstown, Kentucky. 
and it's manufactured by the Barton Corporation. Hmm. So um, it, it's very nice. I like it. It's You can find it anywhere, and it's not like one of these, you know, big $80, $90 bottles. Right. It's, it's you know, a normal sipping yeah. type of bourbon if you want to. Right. But today, we, but today we have Crown Royal Peach. Okay. That's a hot commodity in this part of the country. I, I think so. That's what the lady told me. So I remember last fall, I guess it was, They, I guess they take that off the shelves in the fall. Is that right? I, yeah. I think so. And so a friend of ours drinks it, and I was looking around for it and stopped as I was out working, making sales calls, and stopped in a few liquor stores, and you couldn't find it. And then it, all of a sudden it comes back. So I think uh, it must be a pretty hot one. But It's like a McRib at McDonald's. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, so I would throw, uh, mine's Maker's Mark. I love Woodford Reserve. Um, I love Maker's Mark. I'm not a connoisseur by any means. I throw Pepsi Max or Diet Coke or Coke Zero in it, but uh, I enjoy it. And what I found is it doesn't give me a hangover. I, I used to be a beer drinker, and I would didn't matter if I drank six or 60. I felt like crap the next day. And uh, once I went on this low-carb diet a couple of years ago to try to shed some pounds and Got off beer, and now I can't hardly even sip a beer, and I can drink this stuff until I go completely berserk and not feel terrible the next day. So, so Blake, as a North Davis Cougar fan, do you have any good basketball memories? Or I do. I do. So I have a couple. Uh, one was my freshman year. Um, I mean, I was literally probably the last guy on the bench, but – was on the team, and we actually, I think we were 12 and 10 entering sectional, and somehow we won that year. And I tell you, coming out from that huge crowd in Jack Butcher Arena is, yeah. it is memorable. I will say that. And so we go on to the regional, and, um, you know, when you don't ever get to play, like I think I got to play maybe twice the whole season. I mean, you're like, your warm up time is crucial. I'm not gonna lie. During the regional, I was probably about pissing down my leg. I'm like, God, just don't airball. And this, what year were you? Freshman. Okay. Freshman. So we actually won that first game by a lot. So I actually got in at the end of it, and they were shooting a free throw, and I got a rebound. I'm pretty sure I was one step away from doing a travel, a double dribble, and th- turning the ball over all at one time. And but, now, how far did that team need to be up for you to get in the game? Uh, twenty. Okay. <laughs> hey. Hey. I'll take it. Was this in class, class basketball or all? all yeah, in that okay. means we actually beat Bar Eve. You were in high school in class basketball? Wow. Well, yeah. Holy cow. Oh, I, no, you're I haven't a, shaved you. You're since. a baby. I know. Wow. Yeah, so, uh, but then, I'm sh- and I'm sure we're getting ready to have Coach McNabb on here. He was actually on the Shackamack team that beat us that night in the regional when Gerald, Jared Rimmel, who is actually the Linton girls head coach now, had about probably 30 or 40 points. Really? But again, it's just an awesome, you know, after we won sectional, that was the school's second only ever sectional. So, I mean, going, you know, having the bus ride, having, I mean, you feel like a celebrity, even though I'm the last guy on the bench. I mean, little kids are coming up to you and getting right. their autograph. And, uh, I mean, it just, yeah, there's no other feeling about it in, you know, Indiana basketball. Yeah. Um, so then my, uh, second one. So oh, you've got two? I do. Yeah, he's going to take one of mine. I got nothing except for every time Barry beats North Davis. Well, exactly. That's why God, I got to elaborate. Don't you get tired of that? <laughs> so I got to elaborate on a few times we did beat you. Uh, so I actually didn't play basketball then my junior and senior year. But in 09, um, the 
senior class then, they actually won sectional and then the first ever uh, regional for North Davis. And, yeah, I, I could have been on the team. I, I didn't. I decided not to play on my junior year and then obviously my senior year. And just seeing that those other four guys, I mean, when you play since fifth grade with them, I mean, I didn't have any brothers. So those four were almost right. like my brothers yeah. almost. And, you know, to see them – Finish that sectional and then go on to win a first ever regional in school history. I mean, it it was awesome. I mean, I was the stupid idiot senior kid, probably like your son was this year. You know, trying to. Look. <laughs> well, no. Wow. No. In in the crowd, trying to get everybody into oh, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Stu- yeah. I mean, I I'm trying say, to. I thought we'd only call each other stupid yeah. idiots when we disagreed. Yeah, I didn't know we we're going to bring our kids into. How many kids you got? How many kids you got? Well, yeah, they're all idiots. I mean, I'm going to tell you that. But. No, I mean, just just them finishing that out, and you know. You know, them uh, finally winning that first regional, and it was just an awesome feeling to watch it and, you know, just kind of share that moment what, with them. What, what year were you in high school? Uh, So, 06 to 09. Holy cow. 05 to 09. Jeez, Blake. I know. Still wet behind the ears. I know. Oh. I haven't shaved in, like, a couple of days. That's why I look like I'm about 40. Well, you know, what is there, uh, six cheeks and 12 chins in this room right yes. now? <laughs> yes, there That's is. All right. <laughs> what about you, Mr. Brothers? I, I don't have anything. I really did. I didn't play basketball in high school. I didn't do anything, you know. Um, so I've, I've got nothing as a memory on a basketball side except for living vicariously through, you know, other sports, uh, you know, through, yeah. the, through the other high school. And you've seen seen some great basketball since you moved back here, for yep, sure. Yep, hey, seen least, some great basketball. At least you've seen IU win a national championship. You're dating me now. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen it yet. When was that? That was the year I graduated. Yeah, I was in the Air Force in, in the year they won. Or yeah. no, not, they didn't win. I'm sorry. I was senior in high school the year they won. I was in the Air Force yep. when they went with, with Cheney. Um, was that 92? 92, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I haven't even seen that. I would probably be up there. I was actually, haven't. I was actually, um, when I was in the Air Force, IU. Only time I've ever rooted for Purdue to beat IU because the regional that I had tickets for was in Boise, Idaho. I knew if Purdue won the Big Ten, they were shipping IU out west. So on that Sunday of Selection Sunday, <laughs> I'm actually rooting for IU to get beat by Purdue. So they and it happened. So that we had in that regional in Boise that year, we had. IU with Cheney, Charlie Ward was at Florida State, Shaquille O'Neal at LSU, Brigham Young, I forget. Good old days. They had somebody good. I can't remember who Brigham Young had. And Georgetown with, who would that have been? Morning. Alonzo Morning. Yeah. So, I mean, we hit the jackpot. And driving down the street between the sessions one day, my brother and I driving down the street, a guy darts out in front of us, I mean, probably the closest I've ever come to hitting a pedestrian. It was uh, Dennis Johnson from the Celtics. He was there evidently scouting. He was in the front office at the time. I damn near ran over Dennis Johnson that day. So, (laughs) yeah, interesting. So uh, all those were at... That That was in Boise. Wow. And I think it was was 92. It was in that regional in there. I think that was it. I may be missing somebody or somebody that didn't really matter to me. But, yeah, it was really, really cool. And uh, Ron Felling being from Lawrenceville was nice enough to invite us down on the floor um, after – I think it was after the IU game. And we were standing there talking to him, saying hello, and LSU is about to run out on the floor. And my brother, who is a senior, going to be a senior – 
Jr. He was standing there, and Shaquille was standing right next to my brother, and it, it was he was about waist high <laughs> or a little over waist high. So it just, it was unbelievable how big of a human being, and he wasn't even at his biggest at that point. Right now, I mean, you look at him on TNT, you know, and everything else, and you look at him sitting down in the in the booth there, right. And, I mean, he's like two Ernie Johnsons. And yeah. He's like, I mean, he, he is. Barkley looks small. Exactly. He is huge. He's a massive human being. <laughs> uh, my basketball memory, I'll probably, I, you know, I played, but I did absolutely nothing fantastic. Um, I was a good free throw shooter. That was about it. But um, my brother's senior year, um, he actually didn't play. I don't think he played his freshman, sophomore, junior year. But anyway, came back out at senior. They were going to be good. They needed a point guard or at least somebody to help handle the ball. And they won. Illinois does it completely backwards. I'll never figure it out. They go regional sectional instead of sectional regional, which makes no sense because a region's bigger. Whatever. Um, so, But they won, and then they went to the super sectional and just had a fantastic – I mean, the whole – you know, it was one of those whole community things, right? I mean, everybody loves each other, and they're partying, and you're doing the – and um, went to the went to our super sectional, which is Indiana Sima State, and lost in double overtime on three buzzer beaters by Staunton, Illinois, who then went on and wiped the floor with everybody and won the state championship. Three buzzer beaters, two threes and a tip in two at, at in double overtime to win. It was wow. it was unbelievable, but. But that whole tournament run of, of Gary's team, it was the Red Hill Salukis. And and uh, and then, you know, a bad memory, but, a, you know, watching a team hit three buzzer beaters in right. a big game is incredible. Yeah. Um, so that that would probably be my basketball memory. And, and uh, I'm sure, you know, on, on our other Impulse uh, radio network show, the Brino show, I hope to someday do a deep dive with that team and, and uh, the coach. And it was it was a fun time over at Red Hill. So, hey, we're going to take a, a quick break here, and uh, then we'll be back with a little more of Birdies, Bourbon, and Basketball. Do you plan on buying or selling real estate? If so, the way is with Trey. Your local REMAX real estate professional, Trey Miller, proudly serves southwestern Indiana, utilizing his 3D and drone photography to market your home. Doing more from for sale to sold than the traditional realtor. Give Trey a call today at 812 812- Remember, you'll experience more with Miller. We will be happy to have our first ever interview here on Birdies, Bourbon, and Basketball with Coach Stephen McNabb from North Davies. It'll be part one of a two-part segment. And we're so happy to have on the line today... Mr. Stephen McNabb of the North Davis Cougars. Uh, Stephen's the varsity baseball coach, the JV girls basketball coach, and you do broadcasting on WWBL. You stay busy. I do, Brian and Blake. Thanks for having me on today. I appreciate it. Um, you know, got a lot of wear a lot of different hats at North Davies, but you know, I, I love the athletic side of things and uh, keeps me busy and um, you know, get to be involved with the kids, and that's what it's all about. Yep, I totally agree, uh, Stephen. So we'll just get right into it here. So it's like Brian said, you are the baseball coach for the North Davies Cougars. Obviously, I looked at your schedule from last year. I didn't find one for this year, but I know at this point last year, you're supposed to play Lagodi on this date. So I'm sure that was probably today or yesterday or tomorrow. And then here we are with all of this. I mean, 
how was it when you first got the news that you weren't going to have a season? Yeah, you know, it was it was kind of a, a weird feeling. Um, you know, we had a, a convocation at school on March the 13th, and that was when we were first told we were out for three weeks, and we were supposed to start practice that very next Monday. So I had to have a team meeting uh, up top at North Davies in the gym, if you've ever been there, on the, you know, the catwalk area. And, you know, we got together, and I told them just stay ready. And um, at that point in time, we were planning on being back at the first of April and, um, you know, then it kind of just progressed from there. And, you know, when you get the news, you, you kind of expected it, obviously with everything going on and all the other announcements and postponements. But when you, you know, you don't really know how it's going to affect you till you officially hear it or see it. And, uh, you know, it, it was shocking and, you know, you kind of get numb to it. And, you know, you also feel sad for the seniors and um, just uh, across the, you know, the whole, country not just my seniors but you know all seniors they don't get that last season um and as, as a former player I couldn't imagine not having that and uh um you feel for all of them just because there's a lot of kids that were going to get their chance this year um you know they, they don't get that opportunity a lot of kids lose out on experience and uh you know basically all the freshmen are going to be freshmen again next year and you can just go down the line it's just a disappointing situation but one that probably had to happen Stephen, how's that word get passed down to you? Does that come from principal, superintendent? Do you have special coaches through the athletic director, or, or how, how how does the messages get get out to you? And in, in, in of all the cancellations, and ultimately um, canceling the whole thing. Yeah, well, the initial convocation we had was led by our principal and an athletic director. So I kind of just I kind kind of heard through email before that convocation that it was going to happen. And then from there, you hear from the ISSA. Uh, they send out emails and, uh, you know, uh, bulletins basically explaining what's taking place. And, uh, you know, they waited as long as they really could. And then the governor, you know, put out the executive order of, of uh, e-learning the rest of the year. And the uh, ISSA basically had no choice at that point. So I heard basically at the same time as everybody else did uh, on TV or Twitter or, you know, wherever it may be. Yeah, I mean, I just can't even imagine. So, how did how what was the players' first initial reaction, and especially the seniors, like you said? Yeah, you know, I had four seniors: Kirk Wagler, Ryan Graber, Trey Neff, and Hayden Parisian. And I specifically reached out to them first, and you know, it was just disappointing and disappointment and sadness, and um, you know, all of them have different stories as far as what they were playing for and. Some are coming off of injuries and some are going to get chances to play this year that they hadn't on the varsity and Kirk being a four-year starter and chance to be one of the better players in the area. You know, they all have their reasons for wanting this senior year. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, I tried to just tell them that this is just a second of their life. It's, it's something they can look back on and tell a story to their kids and tell them not to take things for granted because it really could be taken from you in a day or a week's time. And, um, you know, for the most crazy circumstances. So I think I tried to spin it as a, as a learning experience, but as a teenage kid, you know, they may not see that now, but um, hopefully they do in the long run. Yeah, I mean, so our other uh, co-broadcaster here, Chris Brothers, he has a senior who's going to be a uh, bar reef golfer. And, yeah, I mean, it's been hard on, you know, him and then, you know, the parents too. I mean, they're looking forward to this as well. And so – yeah. I mean, Most definitely. The parents are a big part of the program. And, 
you know, uh, they support me, they support the kids and they, you know, whether it be fundraising or, you know, getting kids, you know, maybe a, uh, some food in between a double header or things like that. And, you know, they, they look forward to these things, uh, just as much as, if not more than, you know, than the kids do. And it's, uh, it's a gut punch for all of us. That's for sure. Yep. I, I can, like I said, I can't even imagine going through that at all, being a coach or a player in this, in this instance, but so how was the current team? Like, what was the outlook going into this year uh, for the yeah, team? Sure. We, we were going to be a little bit different this year. I mean, we lost a pretty uh, large senior group last year. We had six seniors, and all of them pretty much played all the time. And um, But I was still optimistic coming in. I had most of my pitching back uh, from last year, um, you know, with uh, two, you know, Kirk and Trey both being seniors, and then another – young arm, sophomore, Jacob Miley, the, those three guys threw a lot for us uh, last year in 2019. And, um, you know, it's just uh, uh, a team that was going to be, uh, you know, a lot of inexperience, but also a lot of upside as well as, as a baseball term. You know, there I'll, I'll, I'll use upside as a term to, to use because I think we were going to be playing our best baseball at the end because there was going to be probably some growing pains to begin the year and uh, the ups and downs of the season as any season would have. Uh, and but even more so this year with a young team. But I really think that the sectional was going to be wide open. Um, it's a very competitive sectional. But uh, you know, I was really excited for this team uh, and and just for those kids to get those chances that had been waiting for that. And uh, you know, but you know, they'll they'll hopefully get those those chances again next year if we can ever get back to it. Yeah, Coach. I, question: You mentioned your pitchers. Is that the position that? is probably going to be hurt the most by missing an entire season. Yeah, you know, and that's not something I've sat back and really thought a lot about um, as a specific position. But when you when you really think about it, yeah, you lose – you you know, if you lose a year's worth of, of arm uh, strength, strengthening and conditioning, and, uh, you know, you're going to get bigger and faster and stronger just through growing. But you don't – you know, you, you lose out on those, you know, those innings on the mound when – when that's the, really the best way to learn is, is going through, uh, you know, getting out of jams and, you know, in the bottom of the six to, uh, you know, um, to try to find a way to win a game in a, in a close game. And you lose a year of that and you don't touch a baseball on a mound for two whole seasons. I mean, that's or for two whole years, at least in calendar years wise. I mean, that's that's going to we're going to feel that. And I hope the ISSA comes down with some uh alternate plans for the fall um, so we can maybe see each other a little bit more to kind of make up some of that lost ground, but uh, we'll wait and see. But yeah, you're right. Pitching is definitely, and that's where baseball starts is on the mound. I mean, you're only as good as your next day starting pitcher, they say. And um, you know, that's there, there's no secret that pitching will definitely have to be at the forefront of our minds when we have a, a plan to get back into action. Yeah. I thought that about the pitching, but you're right. I can see just situational baseball in, in growing up as a, as a baseball player and in improving that IQ, I can see you. I think you're exactly right. That that's probably pretty big. Most definitely. So you touched on it a little bit earlier. Um, so the, my next question would just be, how is this going to impact your future? I mean, you kind of made a statement of the freshmen this year, are now going to be freshmen. I mean, you're going to have two classes of freshmen basically next year. Yeah, it's going to be an adjustment. I mean, we'll all have to get once we're okay to get back, and and uh, assuming every everybody is, uh, you know, back in school, and and uh, we're able to meet together as a team. Hopefully, it's this summer. Even um, we'll get together, and and I've been communicating with my guys still, um, the ones from this year and the ones returning, 
um, about, you know, we'll have some Zoom meetings as a team and I send out just, you know, friendly little reminders or friendly, you know, just drills or anything like that they can do at home. And um, baseball is a little bit different um, as far as, you know, training goes by yourself. You have to really have a facility. I mean, it's kind of hard to hit if you're in an open field and then go chase balls. Um, but if you have the facilities too, I encourage them all to do that. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be an adjustment, but the thing is we're all in the same boat. Um, you know, all the teams in the state, all the teams in the country for that matter are, um, kind of restarting and, you know, you feel for some of these seniors, uh, especially in our area, not only my seniors, but you know, you look, you look at a team like Scholes, Scholes is going to have one of their best teams in school history. Uh, a kid like from Linton, Kip Fugers, who was going to be up for Mr. Baseball, misses out on his senior season. There's stories like that across the state, and um, it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, we have to hit the reset button and basically cancel the season in 2020. Uh, pretty unprecedented. Yeah, I mean, who would have thought this, you know, even two months ago? I mean, it's just – I guess I just can't even crazy. imagine. Yep, crazy. Mm-hmm. Um so now we'll get to some, you know, better times, I guess, in your career. Uh, so, you know, you are assistant coach to Shackamack when they won state in 2014, correct? Correct. I was. I was a JV coach under Chip Sweet, who was a Hall of Famer now. Um, he retired after that championship game. He won his last game and went out on top. And then your first year as head coach at North Davis, you win sectional. So you're probably starting to think, man, this is, this is kind of easy. <laughs> well, as a player, you know, we, we, I've won four sectionals and, um, you know, and then four regionals and three semi-states. So it's like, man, you know, you, at the time when I was in high school, you, we just kind of, that was just the way, you know, and, but as a coach, you know, yeah, I did win my first one, but I haven't won one, you know, since, and we've had a couple runner-ups and it's very, very hard. Um, it is very hard to win at the varsity level. And uh, it's kind of gave me an appreciation for what we were able to accomplish at Jackamack as when I was coaching and playing. Um, but, you know, I've, I'm still very proud of the progress we've made at North Davies. Uh, you know, come from the time I took over to now, it's baseball is a finicky sport. You know, the best team more than, more than likely doesn't always win uh, just because there's so many bounces and things that can go, uh, you know, against you or for you and, and, Pitching is so important, and you can run into a good arm, and we've done that a couple times. And uh, it's just, uh, you know, it's not like football or basketball where you can kind of predict things, and and uh, you know, a lot of times it, it goes as predicted. Baseball is so unpredictable, but I'm I'm very happy with how things have went so far, and um, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to the future. Yeah, I've always said baseball is definitely the most important sectional draw of any high school sport. I mean, because buy can mean you can save your ace or if you have to throw your ace in the first round and yeah yeah and you know and and a ball can hit a speck of of dirt or a rock and bounce over somebody's head or somebody could lose a ball in the lights there's so many variables and and unpredictable things that can happen in a baseball game that that uh, you're never comfortable until that last out is made um one way or the other yeah agree and i mean you mentioned your sectional i mean arguably it could be even more competitive than the basketball one. I mean, Reves had good teams. You said you mentioned Shoals, Lagodi, Barreve. I mean, there's always three, four, even five teams are right there in this baseball sectional usually. Although I, yeah. I think some would say that the basketball sectional is really not that competitive. Oh, uh, he went there. <laughs> the Barreve guy went there. 
Yeah, well, they've definitely had had you know they they've had our had the number of of several teams of you know of late. Barreve has it going on that's for sure in the, on the basketball side, and uh, they've won back to back baseball sectionals too. And they've uh, you know they've they've got a great group of kids in there right now, and that's that's the bar that's been set, and well, you know that's where we're trying to get to. I couldn't stop myself from saying it because I know if Chris was here, he definitely would have said it. So see what I'm well, up against. You know, it's, it's, yeah, I, I, it's hey man, it's friendly banter, and and that's what makes talking sports and and doing all this, you know, that's what makes it fun. There you go. I'm in for a long year. I have a feeling. <laughs> um, so you mentioned your time as a player. I mean, three times state runner up as a player. I mean, most people don't get there once, let alone three times. I mean, just describe how that feeling is. Yeah, you know, there's nothing quite like it. I've I'm pretty biased as a baseball coach and just a baseball guy in general that victory field is the best um, facility that the state uses for state championships. And uh, in 2004, when I was a freshman, I was just a bullpen catcher, Um, you know, having the time of my life, riding the shirt tails of all the, all the seniors we had. And we were the favorite to win that year. Uh, Unfortunately, LCC Lafayette Central Catholic beat us. Uh, And then we got beat in semi-state my sophomore year and we went back and, 06 my junior year and got beat in extra innings actually um and I was a starter at that point and uh Fort Wayne Blackhawks beat us uh in in eight innings and then my senior year we went back and played under the lights actually on Friday night which was uh pretty amazing and as a as a high school kid or and and our community in general you know when we're when you drive out of town there in Jasonville there's a, a stoplight at the end of town one of two in the whole town and um, the, there's a sign that said last one to leave, turn off the lights. And it literally was that, I mean, the whole town went similar to one of the teams in our area, making a deep run in basketball. Um, unfortunately lost to LCC again that night, but there's really nothing like it. And, uh, you know, that's the dream and that's the goal. Uh, but obviously goal one is to get out of the sectional, but when you get out of the sectional, things tend to almost get easier. Um, not, that's not, not necessarily, um, playing worse competition. It's just, it's so hard to get out of that sectional or any sectional. That's it's almost like a monkey off the back, you know? Yeah. I mean, just like we, I think a bunch of people around here would always say in basketball, you get out of our basketball sectional. Yeah, and I mean, for sure. It, it's, it's probably almost like a semi state. I mean, yeah, you're exactly right. There's, there's no secret that you see a sectional 63 team in, in semi states, you know probably once every three years or, or, or more frequently than that. Uh, and baseball has been that way too with, with survey making uh, deep runs. That was the team that Shackamack beat my last year at Shackamack as a coach uh, at, in the semi-state, one to nothing. Right. And, uh, you know, just uh, once you get through the sectional and, and if you're lucky enough to get to victory field, it's something that truly uh, really can't put into words and, means a lot you know just like it would be to get to banker's life or, or lucas oil it just means so much for uh, a kid's family and also just the community oh, it was great having coach mcnab uh, call in and, and talk to us about uh, about what's going on with the baseball program at north davis and he will be back uh, for part two of that interview in our next episode when he talks about some of his other roles um there for the cougars what I want to talk about now, we're, I wouldn't say any of us are, are massive gamblers by any means, but the, the uh, ability to bet on things has gotten a little slim lately. There's, you were in a 
Blake, you were in a pool for the NFL draft, or didn't they have a pool yeah, or something? You were in? Yeah, I mean, just ask a bunch of questions. It was free. But. Well, my new obsession is Russian <laughs> table tennis, which I always say Russian ping pong because I think that's a lot funnier. But uh, so I have had, I'm not going to say how much, I have had tremendous success over the last few weeks hitting parlays and, and um, three teamers. Three teamers. I call them teamers, even though they're individual people, and uh, I'm sure they're wonderful people. Um, Sergey so, and Vladimir. So tell us your your tell us how you're you're picking these people. I mean, are you are you going over and looking at Russian ping pong magazines or? I am not. And so, so tell us tell us your system. How here, what's your system? Here is my system. I pick the most Russian name. <laughs> That I can. Like, there's one guy named Andre. Uh, I am not betting on anyway. And here he is, Andre Babkin. He has, no, he has no chance of getting picked by me. Now, here's who I go with typically. I go with Oleg, Oleg Nikovorov. Is, is this tonight's matches? Or uh, yeah, tomorrow? I'm looking at tomorrow or today's matches. So, so if this podcast gets out, somebody could tell you. And, and, and. <laughs> yeah. So I love, uh, let's see, my favorite players. I love him. I love Oleg Nikarov. I love uh, Ivan Pandura. I've had lots of success with Ivan. Oh, uh, you got a spreadsheet with them all. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, I go by memory. But again, when you just say, okay, I'm going to pick the most Russian name, which I'm sure is violating some um, political correct. I mean, this sounds like my wife picking the NCAA tournament every year. Well... I am having, let's just say I'm having really, really good success, and I've never thought that I would be following. Like right now, Andrew Babkin's up uh, three games to two, or, or he's down three games to two to Ivan Pandur. Like, if you're playing Russian ping pong, Ivan's not losing to Andrew. I'm sorry. No. And so that's now, what, now you if know. It's, it's, now, if it's tennis, Andrew is winning. Yeah, there you go. Because so, that's Andre yeah, or whatever. It's like taking your grandma to the horse track, and she just picks it by the name, right? But so well, far, so good. Now we, we used to go to the, to the dog track in Sarasota. Yeah, and my wife and everybody else would look at pick the dog by the names. Look at the dog that came out and took a dump. Duh, yeah, that's yeah. the old. Yep. And it was like, you know, that's your reasoning. So, hey, if you lighten the load, you know, I was I was on fire with the PGA before it went belly up here so so that. so we're in a uh, the pga one and done pool that that blake heads up and how many people are in that pool 65 yeah and so you pick one and done you pick a guy and you can't pick him anymore right yep, yep. I'm, in, I'm in second and i hope the whole season just gets canceled right now even if it does we're going in the next year at this point oh goodness see now i think i hope it gets canceled right now too because i'm in like 45th and i think if it gets canceled everybody just gets their money back oh no no, no. <laughs> although speaking of basketball i will before we get back to golf uh, my 50 dollars entry fee not that we would ever wager on high school sports but the uh, uh the 50 dollars that i owed blake for the one and done pool got taken up by the uh by the Lagodi sectional. I, I won all but $10 of that uh, in my entry fee. So I owe Tim Blake $10 for this stupid golf league that Chris loves so much. I love this golf league. You went to, you went back to back picking winners, I right? Back to back. And I think I've got what? Two seconds. I, yeah, two I, seconds. I mean, like in like, your history, career. Oh, no. I mean, yeah, in the whole league. But I mean, lately, like the last six weeks, I've got two winners. And I think the other ones are top fives. Well, I, and I, it seems like you almost went winner, winner, and then Leishman, who you had 
was in the lead on 13 or 14 on Sunday and was right there. Could have you, yeah. you, you damn near got three in a row. Yeah. Burkhard Jinx got that one. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why I'm saying I, I was on a roll cause I was doing like your Russian thing. I was doing through our great friends over at French lick through mm-hmm. their, their sports book, which yeah. is legal in Indiana. Just took the, I was, I was hitting every week, you know, I mean, cause you, I was playing, you know, to win plus, you know, the top six. So that's how they, that's how they book it. You know, yeah. so. But. Yeah. Well, and, and as we move into the fall, I think, well, I'm sure we'll have a, uh, a segment on our, on our football wagering. And, and I, my, my idea when we were kicking around stuff for the show was maybe have my three-year-old daughter pick against us and see, <laughs> see which, which one of the four comes out the best. And I, based on my football picks last year, I've got a good idea where I'll fall. It's very similar to uh, to my one and done pool. Because what success. do they say? What do they say? If you're fifty five percent over, that's great. yeah, I think so. I think fifty five, fifty eight percent. Then yeah, uh, you're you're good. And so. you know, and and just not we're jumping around sports here, but basketball, like almost every day, and I would bet big money, but I would just go and find teams that were ten point favorites or more, and do a twelve team parlay, and you wouldn't believe how many you lose with teams that, and you know, some of them were 25 point favorites, right? And, you know, and you, you lose probably as much or more than you win. Um, even, even teams favored that much in college basketball. So, yeah. But, so golf's leading the way during the pandemic and the stay at home orders and all this stuff. Um, you know, that's the one sport that, that you're able to do. And I played today at Country Oaks, and it was it was great. Um, Can we talk about your round uh, a couple of days ago? Which one's that? The epic. Oh, was it 50-36? I mean, hell of a turnaround. It was 50, 50 or 51-37. Yeah. No, I, 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 I put up some – I had today I was 42-35. So I, for whatever reason right now, I cannot score on the front at Country Oaks. And uh, speaking of Country Oaks, if you're looking to play golf in, in southwest Indiana, 18 holes of Zoysia grass just waiting on you. We're open during, uh, or I say we, they are open during the pandemic and uh, the stay-at-home orders. But you come out, you follow the social distancing rules, and you can still play golf. So call 812-486-3300, and we'll see you at the Oaks. But uh, you're getting pretty good at like sliding right into these, you know. You know, I, I after uh, three weeks of being a broadcaster, I'm I'm falling right into doing, doing wonderful, <laughs> doing wonderful. Yeah, um, and we, listen, we're, we're our studio is upstairs at the old clubhouse at Country Oaks, and we're they were nice enough to do that, and and uh, we're happy to uh, we're happy to promote that golf course because it is in good shape. They got great grass and. Uh, and it's a good place to play golf, but uh, but anyway, so golf's leading the way right now, and Chris, that looks like it may lead the way in professional sports. Hey, yeah, I mean we're gonna it's gonna kick off in June eleventh. That's uh, it's gonna be the Charles Schwab uh, challenge down there in Fort Worth. And this is no fans, right? No fans. Yeah. I, I believe no fans for the first four. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Canadian Open actually is that weekend also. That was always a big one. Um, it's canceled. Mm. And then, uh, we turn around for the, the RBC heritage at Hilton head and then up to the travelers in Connecticut. So, and then, I mean, they've, they've, they've jockeyed it all around. I mean, we're going to have, you know, the 
the U.S. Open, the Ryder Cup. Oh, in a really great fall. It's going to be an awesome fall. Yeah, I it, cannot it, say this year the fall season is stupid. No, like you normally do. <laughs> yeah. So, so little backstory. I'm a huge proponent. I, I I hate the fall. I hate the wraparound. You didn't even get in it like the first three tournaments for like two or three straight right. years. I, I boycotted. And then you still got second. And I, it, I, that really pissed me off. I boycotted one year. I just said, I'm not going to do it because, and I let everybody get a head start. But I hate that time of year. I believe you need a break. And so I don't like the wraparound. But this year I'm going to have to play it because all the majors are there. Well, you got to yeah. give love to guys like Stephen Bowditch and Smiley Kaufman. You know, I mean, come on. Well, and I was looking over the, the schedule, you know, earlier and – the one tournament that I thought maybe I'd like to go because my son will be down in this area in another month after that is the Barbersall Championship. Where's that? In Nicholasville, okay. Kentucky. Yep, yep. Uh, it's it's usually played during the British Open or the, or, ah, okay. or the yeah. Open. Right, right, right. So it's got all your second tier people in it, yeah. but you can get in it pretty cheap. It's you know it's it's pretty nice and everything else. Well, now this year, I mean the Open's been moved, but they've turned around and they've canceled this tournament outright. Uh, they canceled the open say, too, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, they canceled the open also. So we're looking at a year with three majors. Um, we're looking now, at a next year of six majors. Because I think there's why well, they're talking only one major is going to happen on this PGA Tour season, and then I guess six next year. Right. I hmm. I don't think I've seen anything that says where we're going to end after the tour championship. I would suppose that's where they're going to end and then kick it all back off. Yeah. You know, with the FedEx points and everything else. So, so your tickets that you had for the Masters, Blake, are you had what Monday? Yeah. So actually, that that just that's Monday of the Masters, no matter what day it's played. Yep, I actually just got an email on that earlier in the week, and yeah, they confirmed that. Um, and then they said if you couldn't go, um, they'll refund you your tickets. So, I called right after all this started and was checking on my hotel down there, and the person said. Yeah, we're waiting to see um, when it gets moved to, and then we'll just move your room to that. I'm not going to lie. Right when I got those tickets, I got on Expedia and got a tremendous deal. I mean, I think I got the hotel for 100 bucks. The next day, it was for about six or 700 And so I called down there, and they said, oh, no, we can't honor that rate. I'm like, I already did it on Expedia. So then Expedia called them and told them, you know, I, if you pay right now, we'll give it to you that rate. And then, so I was fully, you know, intending on going down there and probably getting a broom closet to sleep in. Mm-hmm. So then after we got rescheduled, I called him and said, hey, so we're, we're good now, right? And she's like, well, since that was really this past Monday, uh, no, we can't honor that rate anymore. So here I was searching for another hotel. And yeah. actually that one's still pretty cheap. But now if you, if you give me the tickets, I'll buy my own hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I was I'll thinking. Do, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of that. Yeah, or oh, I, yeah. I was thinking. I found one. Now, Blake, will we do a live Birdies Bourbon and Basketball podcast from the Masters since you're taking us with your tickets? Or can you get so, credentials? Sure, credentials, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, by that time, there's no doubt in my mind this will be uh, <laughs> your media. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right. What else, guys? We ready to wrap it up? I think so. All yep. right. Get our first episode under our under our feed and and. Uh, then we'll we'll come every. We haven't decided yet. Maybe every week. Maybe a couple every couple of weeks. But definitely, probably get into the fall and and basketball season and football season and next school year. I would say we'll you know there's a lot of chance we'll go we'll go every week and and here on the network we're gonna have coaches shows and we've got lots and lots of things planned for 
Um, but I, I think on this show, probably, you know, we're going to try to shine a spotlight on maybe some of the coaches and some of the the sports that, that don't get all the attention in the world and, and let them tell their stories and, and encourage you to go out and watch them because they, they've all got, uh, they've all got stories to tell and great athletes and, and, and they live and die playing this stuff and they give it their all. And it's, it's, it's good entertainment. And we, we've been without it for so long now that we'll probably be ready for some. You know, I, I was actually thinking on the way over here, I'm like, you know, we have to look pretty stupid to start a sports podcast when there's no sports. <laughs> ping pong. There yeah. you go, yeah. Uh, ping, yeah. By the way, pong. Ivan won. <laughs> so, But, I can... mean, to to go on what you said there, I mean, we've got some interviews set up with some some golf professionals around the area and, yep. and you know, just deep dives with them and what they're what they're doing during this time. And You don't mean shank, do you? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get him on. We've got to get Adam Shank on here and talk about those sectional matchups with yep. the young Blake Burkhart. Yeah. His career went better than yours, just a tad. He's got a plaque up over Vincent's. It says lowest round. I think I didn't. Was your name on there? Huh. It was close. It was close. Yeah, huh. if you take my nine hole score, I think I might have got, got him. You got him. Yeah. What'd you? What, I'd be the same. What four years of golf sectionals? What was your average? Can we go to our next? I'm wrapping this up. I thought we were wrapping this up. All right. We're done. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for joining our first show, Birdies, Bourbon, and Basketball.